0: Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea Brown, and welcome to the Millie Podcast. The more I talk with people, the more I'm hearing the same thing. We're all looking for more meaning and more substance. People want to get away from the scripted reality and get to the heart of each person's story. This podcast is for women who want to rip up the script and explore new ideas, places, and possibilities. Every two weeks, I'll be talking with an inspiring and inspired woman who is creating impact in her community, and more importantly, a woman who can teach us to be ourselves, go after our dreams, and write our own story. I can't wait to share this journey with you. It's time to see the world in a different way. Today, I am so excited to speak with Shona Gupta, a force of nature who launched her own skincare line when she couldn't find products for her own skincare issues. You know, just a nod to you know, some of the skincare
1: practices that I saw um, growing up. There's this ingredient called amla, which is um, Indian gooseberry, and chia, and you know, vitamins like B5, B3, E, C.
0: Shona is the founder and CEO of Maharindi a skincare line made with a combination of ancient Indian wisdom and CBD science.
1: We're talking about CBD that doesn't have THC, so it's not going to get you high, (laughs) okay? You know, it's known to really help with acne and any kind of areas that are inflamed. You know, in the summer of 2019, I was swimming in a lake, you know, with my son, kind of emerged from the lake and I had a rash on my cheek, and I call this the rash that started a revolution.
0: Shona also so manage digital marketing and e-commerce for startups and Fortune 500 companies like Mattel and Hearst.
1: After doing my MBA, I worked the flagship brand Barbie, actually. My job was foster community and, and really expand the brand online. I'm in the business of kind of building trust and you know, making a product that people rely on and love. And that's kind of what I did with Barbie. (laughs) And Now I try to do that with skincare.
0: She is a fascinating, well-traveled and multilingual woman. And I know you're going to be inspired and motivated by this conversation. Shona, welcome to the Millie Podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, wow. Thank you for the invite of and course. the
1: opportunity. Well,
0: I guess before we dive in and talk about your amazing new company, tell us about you. You were born in India. You've lived in Canada. You speak multiple language. You're an extensive traveler pre-COVID. So... Where did it all start for you?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I kind of consider myself to be kind of that global person in the sense that I was born in India, but my family immigrated when I was very, very young to the States. And I Mm -hmm. lived in um, Cambridge, Massachusetts for for many, many years and then moved up to Canada and lived in Calgary. But then actually I did a year of high school in India and lived in New Delhi for a year of my Parents, Yeah, my dad was with the, um, you know, with the Canadian High Commission for a couple of years. So I ended wow. up, you know, we ended up just kind of like uprooting and I, they were like, do you want to do a, you know, grade 10 in, in New Delhi? And I was like, sure. Wow.
0: What was that like going back? Because you, you, you left when you were young. Did you remember it at all? Like, what was that like? Yeah, I
1: mean, we had always traveled. But we'd always made a point of kind of visiting India, you know, throughout the years. Um, typically, you know, in in the winter time, but um, I had never really spent time like a long extended period of time in New Delhi. My mm-hmm. family is actually from uh, Calcutta, and so typically, you know, when you go to visit family, an extended family, you go where they are. So, Calcutta, um, you know, Mumbai, and uh, Pune, and um, you know, kind of those those were the areas that I typically went to visit. Um, So then, you know, going there and actually living there was really amazing because, um, you know, Delhi, obviously, is the capital, New Delhi. And um, so I went to an international school and that was just, you know, amazing because, um, you know, I got to make friends from all over, and I also had kind of a pocket of friends who were also from New Delhi itself. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. Yeah, you know? I had totally. My you know uh, Indian friends, but then also a whole new international crew. And um, yeah, I, I you know really loved um, being in an international school. Just gives you such a different perspective. And uh, it was hard for me to actually come back to Calgary, wow. to, to be honest, <laughs> but I did and uh, you know, finished off high school um, in Calgary uh, and then went on to go to McGill. So that's oh where I went gosh. for my undergrad.
0: How do you think this global perspective influenced you as an entrepreneur and an advisor?
1: Oh, well, you know, great question. So I think for me, I'll, I'll take you back to kind of my current startup. It's called Maharindi and Maha means great in Hindi and Indi represents the independent spirit or the independent woman. And so basically Maharindi combines two very powerful modalities. It combines, I like to call it ancient Indian wisdom, and CVD science. Very cool. <laughs> so, so I think you know, obviously, you know, my background, you know, really had a huge role to play in that. Um, you know, and I had had uh, a situation. Um, my my husband's family uh, live in Madison. Wisconsin. and I'm sure you're familiar with Madison. There are a lot of lakes and um, yes. you know, we go swimming in the lakes in the summer. And uh, this was around, you know, in the summer of 2019, I was swimming in a lake and, you know, with my son who's 12 years old and uh, kind of emerged from the lake. And I had a rash on my cheek and I call this the rash that started a revolution because I was like, Mom. Well, this is strange you know uh and around the same time topical cbd was really kind of getting to be you know big and everybody was talking about it or cbd in general so i i biked down to the local co-op and i picked up some topical cbd and i used it on my um, cheek and i was really amazed um, by the efficacy of it it really worked Um, just calmed the rash it soothed it and i thought to myself huh this is there's something here. But then I also, you know, kept thinking about my own family's traditions and started to kind of do some more research in the area. And I felt like there were a lot of DVD products out there. Some were lower priced drugstore, uh, you know, products that were available. Others were very, very, um, you know, expensive um, luxury products, but none of them really wove in any kind of, you know, cultural nuances. And I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great to weave in aspects of India mm-hmm. into this line? And so that's kind of the the origins of uh, Maharindi, and, you know, just kind of um, a nod to you know, some of the skincare practices that I saw um, growing up living in the States. And in Canada, my grandmother actually had lived with us for many, many years. So I got to see what she did,
0: not yes. necessarily my mother. <laughs> so. so actually, let's talk about Maharindi. When you were creating this, you talk about your grandmother's practices. Can you share with us one or two that really stood out to you that you were like, we need to bring this into the product
1: i think it's really the ingredients are what stuck with me so there's this ingredient called amla, which is um indian gooseberry and she she used to use that and so so when i was working with the formulator um you know we i thought would couldn't it be great to try something where we could harness that ingredient and we also wanted to make sure that the product was all of those things that are, that are key, you know, it yep. was vegan, it was cruelty-free, it was toxin-free, paraben-free, you know, sulfate-free, all those things. And, you know, I also wanted to really, you know, make sure that we were um, tying in some of the other ingredients, you know, vitamins like B5, B3, E, C.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: all of that together and seed oil, you know, a lot of these things, um, combined, we came up with this term called Vita Botanicals. (laughs) So I trademarked that. Um, So it's really Amla plus that. And, you know, other things my grandma used to use, or she loved, um, you know, yogurt masks and things like that. I mean, but uh, yeah, and then coconut oil on the hair and things like that. But, you know, baby steps, we, (laughs) I thought, let's just start again. I launched this during the pandemic, um, and I, and I actually, um, you know, have a full-time job in technology. So this was like my side hustle, you know, all yep. of a sudden my commute in LA went away. I could get up a little earlier and just kind of work on, you know, my little side hustle here. And because of my background in technology, I was really able to spin up a e-commerce store pretty you know, easily mm-hmm. using Shopify, a good old Canadian yes. uh, company. Yeah, so yes, we love Shopify. Shopify. Then, right? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. So again, amazing. And there's a whole ecosystem that comes along with Shopify. So, you know, again, I kind of, like, okay, I want to use, you know, Yatko for, you know, ratings and reviews. I want to use Klaviyo for email marketing. And so I kind of tapped into, you know, the e-commerce ecosystem, I like to say, and, Mm -hmm. you know, spun up the site and started selling. And obviously, initially, it was like a lot of my, you know, friends and family purchased the product. And then, you know, we started Getting more traction, and I was asked to participate in something called Founder Made. And that was really fun, great for entrepreneurs to kind of tell their story and talk about, you know, product. And it was there I kind of met a couple of women um, who wanted to kind of include me in a press trial run. And so that was very exciting. And we were able to, um, you know, send the product out to a lot of great beauty editors and and I think that to me was exciting because it really legitimized the brand, and um, all of a sudden we were all of a sudden we were in like glamour people, Pop Sugar, Yes, Bryce
0: magazine, you know, Bobby Brown, yes, you know, just Bobby
1: mentioned us. So I mean,
0: yeah, congratulations.
1: Thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I think again, people were really um, people really loved the the serum. It's called mm-hmm. the Change Maker. And I wish I could send you some, (laughs) but we can't ship to Canada yet. Maybe those rules will change someday. Um, But yeah, so it's the Changemaker. You know, that's kind of our hero product. And then we also introduced another um, moisturizer
0: called the Believer. Wow. Yeah. So so circling back to the ingredients. So why is CBD so good for the skin? And tell us more about the Changemaker, because that sounds amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, Multiple reasons of why people, you know, use um, CBD and in terms of the benefits for the skin. Okay, so first of all, you know, important to know that we're talking about um, CBD that doesn't have THC, so mm-hmm. it's not going to get you high. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I want to make sure that's, you know, that's understood. Yeah. Um, and you know it's known also to really help with acne and any kind of areas that are inflamed. So you know it's really it helps with um, it's got, you know kind of anti you know inflammatory properties, right? So mm-hmm. that's very exciting. People say that you know they have visibly reduced you know breakouts there's something called the avoid" effect where it will actually go to the problem area that you're having. And so it's a scientific, you know, fact. Um, so the anti-inflammatory benefits, I think people talk about the most. Um, but then also I, I, I mean, again, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't have acne anymore, obviously past <laughs> that stage in my life. Right. So for me, it's about hydration and, yes. um, Yeah, and really, you know, the antioxidant properties are key, and they really help in terms of diminishing, you know, wrinkles and skin Mm -hmm. skin dullness. And, you know, I don't like to say that we're we're necessarily like an anti-aging thing. I like to age how I age. But what I will say is. you know, we came up with this term, you have this Maha glow, hashtag Maha oh, glow. Sad. And so people really feel like they have this glow. And I think a lot of it is, again, you know, just using really pure ingredients and yeah all of that combined.
0: It sounds mm-hmm. like the serum is maybe one of your favorite formulas, but do you have a favorite formula? And what is your skincare routine?
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, I, I'm like hooked on the serum. And, mm-hmm. and, and I've I mean, I people have been writing in and saying, well, "Can you make a larger kind of body serum mm. so we can use it?" Because, you know, um, the editor of Vogue India recently wrote to me, and she had tried it, and she started using it on her knees and her shoulders oh and her God. elbows. Wow! Like, wow! Yeah, yeah. So. Typically I love to use it, um, in the morning, right after the shower and then I'll put on, um, you know, some SPF and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I live in California, so I protect myself from the sun. Um, I, you know, and at nighttime after using like a cleanser, I mean, I love Osea in terms of cleanser, (laughs) like another brand there, but, um, they use a lot of like seaweed, um, Again, all natural. Um, I I like to use the moisturizer after the cleanser. After a cleanser, Mm -hmm. you know. And I, you know, some people like to use the serum plus the moisturizer and mix it up. I typically just like to use the the cream, the moisturizer Mm -hmm. at night. So again, I I have kind of a very simple routine. Uh, You know, basically serum, uh, sunscreen, and then you know, clean your face at night. And hydrate hydrate drink lots of water yes um, and wake up in the morning and drink you know warm water and lemon and things like that so
0: yeah yeah. so nice well you should give the people what they want this bigger bottle of serum sounds amazing I I know well
1: the other other interesting thing is people who live you know in climates which have harsh winters like in Canada on the eastern side of the country um have really you know written in and said how much they love it in terms of helping with winter skin. Yeah. Because, you know, in the winter, it's just you all of a sudden are, you know, dealing with these harsh elements, exactly. right? It's like cold wind, yes. sun, et cetera. So I think it was Shape Magazine featured us the, the skin care uh, routine that really helps with combating the mm-hmm.
0: winter harshness. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. Thank
0: One you. of I- Maharindi's core values is stewardship. Can you talk to us about that and the Room to Read girls' education program? I think I saw on Instagram that you recently donated over 500 books.
1: Yes, the program is called Room to Read. And so what it does is it empowers girls to stay in school in Africa and Asia. And, you know, Chelsea, I'll, I'll tell you, this was really, really important to me because, you um, You know, I think we talked about my one experience living in India, but I actually went back after graduating from McGill and I decided to, again, like yourself, I had that travel bug, right? Yes, (laughs) big time. I I decided, right? So I thought, you know what, I'd never lived in Southern India. So I managed to get um, a volunteer teaching position uh, working at a school in South India in India Kerala and I worked in a small village well more of a town I'd say and I taught um, you know kids in the school and it was really it was six months and it was just an amazing experience because again you know, just. Uh, it, Working with kids to me is is so fulfilling and got to teach English and um, swimming and all sorts of things. I really just kind of jumped in and I worked for a a really incredible woman. Her name's Mary Roy and her daughter was Arundhati Roy. Arundhati Roy, she wrote God of Small Things and um, she's an, you know, incredible activist and author. And uh, so I got to know, um, you know, Mary and her daughter. Um, and I taught in this school. So, anyways, um, what I what I really you know took away from that experience was the um, the fact that you know seeing girls excel in education and how it really changes mm-hmm. you know their lives. And you know social entrepreneurship is really important too. So, you know I've always felt like it's our duty to do something to give back. You know we can't just sell products. It has to be there has to be some. You know something there where we're helping society in some way, right? So, yes. um, yeah, yeah. And so I, I looked to see who we could partner with, and so a portion of our sales goes to Room to Read, and Amazing. yeah. And so every for every sale, we you know a portion of that goes you know directly to the program and. Basically, you can actually even see we have a ticker on the site, which says, oh, you know, now we're at X number of days. (laughs) So they actually, you know, have this really great program
0: keeping, you know, girls in school. Amazing. Mm -hmm. So inspiring. You have also worked in the tech space um, and in Fortune 500 corporations. In what capacity did you do that? And what was that like?
1: So I moved to Southern California for business school. And then when I graduated, it was around the time of kind of the tech boom. And originally, I thought I was going to actually work in uh, the area of nonprofit. and um, But then I decided to kind of switch gears and pivot. And, you know, I was really mesmerized with the internet and all that was going on. So Um, after doing my MBA, I worked um, for a startup and then for a venture capital and then the bubble burst. And Mm. I ended up working at um, Mattel. And I worked on um, Barbie, actually. That was the flagship brand that um, I got to work on online. And my job was to really Help foster community and and really expand the brand online. And so um, it was a, it was a really fun uh, experience. I did that for five years and um, enjoyed it immensely. And for me, it was like a great kind of branding 101. You know, you know, I feel like I'm in the I'm in the business of kind of building trust and you know making a product that people rely on and love. And you know, I, I that's kind of what I did with Barbie. <laughs> And now I try to do that with skincare, right? It all, it all kind of circles back. So so that was Mattel. And then I went on and I, I worked on the agency side in digital marketing and in project management delivery. And um, I worked for Hearst Media. And uh, then I worked for another company. I, mean, I was at Hearst for five years. Five years seems to be my thing. And then I uh, most recently was also at a, an agency um, where I worked with several different types of brands um, really kind of um, working on their e-commerce presence and selling in solutions that were really effective in, you know, increasing their AOV, but also just making sure they had the right digital footprint. So I worked Mm -hmm. with tons of different clients from um, gosh, from Vale Resorts to Hilton to Avery Dennison to a lot of fashion clients, um, Hudson Jeans, Robert Graham, you know, the list goes on and on. So, again, I love, you know, seeing brands flourish online and,
0: and understanding the technology. So, so inspiring. <laughs> oh, no, it's fun. It's fun. How do you think all of this experience has helped you in launching your own company and helped you thrive building Maharindi?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, again, I was a teacher in India. I worked at e-commerce and marketing. I've worked in fashion, blah, blah, blah. So to me, there's something really um, freeing about this stage in my life um, and just being unapologetically me. I think you kind of get this confidence and experience that you are able to launch a new business. That's really aimed at, you know, busy women like us and women who want to be authentic, natural, uh, where simple products that make a big impact count. So I think again, it's taking all of these, you know, learnings, right? whether it be you know actual technology, you know understanding things like Shopify and the ecosystem to kind of understanding um, you know branding and how to really um, connect with the audience and build that you know level of trust and um, you know create a community, a sense of Absolutely. community. so, Yeah, I think, again, it's all of those things combined and, you know, uh, you know, throughout the years, even when I was, um, you know, working, you know, for these larger corporations, I also, you know, took time to um, be part of kind of this entrepreneurial scene here in L.A. And I was um, part of a group called Tuesday Nights. I was, you know, on the team there. I actually did their tech Um, you know, I was responsible for that. So I was also, you know, in touch with a lot of great founders and entrepreneurs and that was really fun. And I I have also throughout the years consulted with, um, you know, a couple of different founders here and there. And so I think, I I, I kind of think, you know, it's interesting because I think there's this um, fallacy that you either you're an entrepreneur or a business person or you're, I mean, you know, or you're a corporate person. And, you know, what I like to do is kind of debunk those myths. I think Mm -hmm. you can actually wear different hats and, you know, I'm a mom also and, you know, (laughs) I'm a tennis player and I'm, you know, and I do work in tech, but I also find that, um, you know, Maharindi is my creative outlet in a sense. And I love building a brand.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What advice would you give those starting their own business, from you know financials to systems to team building? Like, what is that you know cheat sheet that you can provide us? <laughs> yeah, <with>? for sure. <laughs> Everyone, get out your um, you know pen and paper.
1: <laughs> right, right. Well, I think you know a few things. One, you know, again, I never expected to launch in a pandemic, yeah. right? So that to me was like really Not you just so. don't know when you're going to launch and you know what the um, what the environment is going to be. So I think yes. it's being nimble and really, you know, for me, I had to shift my focus and messaging to work with the mood, you know, the moment and the authenticity that people were wanting. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, And then as a founder, you really have to be nimble and constantly shifting to adjust Mm -hmm. to that state of the world. Um, And I think with COVID, you know, many women were drawn to self-care and so leaning in on that and Maharindy speaks to that. And so I really wanted to make sure my messaging reflected that. And I think really at the end of the day for founders to, you know, just to really answer your question, people are always going to give you so many different opinions when you start something um, you know, do this, do that, you know, are you, are, you know, oh, yeah. have this, you have that. <laughs> and I think, again, following your own instincts um, for what, the best moves are that's paramount you know that's really important and then also um listening to everyone but ultimately you follow your own instincts for your own business and it's not easy again you know i'm um, i'm actually trying to um do a raise right now you know for maharindi because we're trying to go to the next level so i'm you know i have a we funder campaign running right now Amazing. so that's um yeah yeah so things like that you know you're constantly trying to figure out okay You know, financially, what do I need to do to take it to the next level or,
0: you know, where am I? Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to link that in the description of this interview so everyone can follow this campaign. Through COVID, there's been so many job losses, pay cuts, passion projects put on, you know, the back burner. Can you offer advice for those rebuilding or starting over?
1: Mm, That's a good question. You know, I think it is a perfect time to transition, right? I mean, we saw the New York Times had that article, I think it was a few weeks ago, about the great resignation, right? I mean, it's really exciting. It is. People are, um, you know, I myself, (laughs) this is a time where we, you know, it it really changed everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, I look at it um, in a positive light. I, I do have friends who have suffered, and you know, and COVID has you know touched them profoundly. You know, it, it, and it's impacted many people. You know, in the worst way possible. So I think, you know, understanding that um, is 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 key. But also really, um, you know, you know, understanding again. Well, it, do I want to do this now? And you know, oftentimes the answer is yes. And then really, you know, how can I seize this moment and connect with that virtual audience, you know, whether it's on social media or now I think we are starting to see more in-person events and things yeah. like that. So people are are, are leaning back into that. Yes. But I think it's, you know, really, you know, coming up with that brand or that service or something that, you know, the world needs or wants. I mean, I think that's always important, right? You know, and then, you um, kind of leaning in and trying to, you know, run with it, but also at the same time, recognizing that, you know, everybody has their own path. And I think for me, that has been a really important lesson that, um, you know, I, I think a lot of women, including myself, you put a lot of pressure on yourself and say, okay, I need to be doing this in a year. I need to make sure it's here in two years. And, you know, sometimes the journey, has unexpected um, twists and turns, and, um, and just being um, much more forgiving uh, and an understanding that you know that your journey is unique. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, you are such a devoted mentor, an advocate for bringing passion projects to life. But as a leader, um, how do you prioritize your important and non-urgent tasks? Because sometimes we can feel bombarded with everything in a day, but how do you stay discerning on which items need to be done right now and which items can wait?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good question. And, you know, I really, I love making lists. Yeah. And it's kind of addictive. (laughs) And my husband always thinks that I'm, you know, I go a little overboard. But I, what I want to also say is when I do those lists, I also, again, am forgiving. And I know that it's okay if I don't cross off all of these things. You know, it's okay. Like I will... I will get to it. And I think, again, taking, um, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I think again, you know, whether you go for a walk in nature Mm -hmm. or you get up and meditate for 20 minutes, I think really making sure you're grounded first and then you seize the day and you kind of say, okay, this is what I want to get done. And again, you know, maybe you fill out a gratitude journal at the end of the day. So again, just kind of being thankful for some of the things that you have accomplished. Um, you know, <laughs> whether yeah. it be you know planting planting some basil in your backyard, too, oh,
0: <laughs> you know that.
1: shipping some orders out. You know, it doesn't matter. I think so. Again, just being very open minded and uh, and and realizing that you know what we're not superhuman. We we can only do so much. And there was a time where I was I think you know very much sleep deprived and I was working right. really really you know, too much. And it, it was, you know, I I felt the impact on my own, you know, family life and then my own health, you know. So I think, again, at the end of the day, just making sure, you know, there's balance is hard, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat
0: that. <laughs> I mean, and you're a mother and yeah. partner. So how how are you balancing that? I mean, you you kind of just gave us an insight. But really, I mean, can we take it even further? How How are you balancing it? <laughs> Well, I
1: think it just you know it ebbs and flows, right? There's yeah. sometimes where it's like crazy, but then generally, again, I try to um, kind of make sure that I <laughs> don't wear myself mm-hmm. uh, ragged. And I and I you know again, I think you know my child is only going to be um, a child, you know for so long right and then he'll go off to college so I think yeah. uh you know I'm very I'm very cognizant of that and I want to make sure you know I'm, I'm there as a mother too that yes. to me is like a huge priority for sure
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so yeah absolutely yeah. what what would you say are some of your career highlights and and you've already said some of this but I'm going to just point it out again and what are some of the key lessons that you've taken along the way Mm.
1: <laughs> Look, my parents um they started a publishing company after they retired. So I I think I took a page from yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. They're very entrepreneurial. I think they have so a too. Canadian publishing company called Bayou Arts and so that's still running and you know they're publishing Canadian authors and fiction and poetry and art. And so um I think that definitely has inspired me. Um I think early on in my career, you know, after I came back from you know, teaching at that school in India, I actually ended up working for a, a nonprofit and a publishing company in New York. And um, I worked with some really well-known photographers and um, I got to see the world. I was um, traveling, you know, to France twice a year, to India. I was doing um, international marketing and foreign rights. Wow. But I also worked as an, in an editorial capacity on a couple of projects. And I think one of the, the biggest highlights was... Um, I worked on a book and an exhibition commemorating 50 years of India's independence, and that was just really, really exciting because, again, just I got to really travel and, um, you know, work with different museums and placing the exhibit. So you know, that was, that was a real highlight. I think travel, you know, just bringing that up from the travel aspect, you just learn so much, right. When you're, when you're you're, you're traveling and working with people and all over the world. So that was exciting. I think, you know, again, the, the Barbie years, that was always fun. (laughs) And, uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for me, um, kind of coming up with the concept of Maharindi and then, um, you know, actually seeing it come to life, and you know that was really, really um, wonderful. So, you know, again, you know, just uh, perseverance and grit and uh,
0: perseverance. You know, also, yep, that's a big word.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um,
0: so, yeah, all of those things combined. Absolutely. And as a business owner myself, I'm listening and I'm just putting my mind in the minds of those who are aspiring business owners. What is that first step that they can take oh, gotcha. to bring their passion project to fruition?
1: Yeah, I think really nowadays it's so exciting because there's so many great organizations out there. Mm-hmm. Um you can kind of get involved with or just even listen in on podcasts and I mean even your podcast there's so much valuable information and nuggets of you know (laughs) information right so yeah of course in your story so I think again um, I really think that for me being part of a kind of an entrepreneurial organization early on was, was helpful. It yes, yes. kind of inspired me when you, you know, you see it, you believe it, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah, this person did it. I can try it too. <laughs> right. Yes, I now, love everybody that thing. everybody obviously has their own set of circumstances, but there's just so many great resources online too. And even clubhouse, you know, just, yes. not just like dropping in and listening to some of the, um, some of those is great. And then, I mean, you know, again, I, I, I do have an MBA, but I I think, um, you know, I, I got that degree a long time ago. So I think, you know, just uh, really kind of, you know, scouring online. There's just so many, so many great yeah. resources you can and, pull from.
0: Yeah. And then going back to, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. How have you been received when you've been in the schools in India? You know, these young girls seeing you at the top of your game that must really empower them?
1: Oh, I I mean, gosh, again, like, you know, that was many years ago. But I think um, they, you know, they loved seeing, you know, somebody who was, um, I was, you know, I was, a, I was a really good athlete back in the day I played squash varsity squash for McGill. And so I, I think that, that was really, yeah. So they, you know, again, I was like, okay, I wanted to teach them swimming. And they were like, Oh my gosh, you know, right. now things have changed. Right. I mean, now you've got like incredible, you know, women athletes coming out of India and back then you did too. But I think again, being in this small town, I think they, they, they like that. And, and I was um, I read all the time, like, you know, At night, that was my thing. I was always reading. I think they got it. They got a kick out of that. They thought I was a real geek and a big bookworm. So um, I have fond memories like that. Um, But no, I think, again, just, uh, you know, showing them that, um, you know, we can travel wherever we want to. Right. And Mm -hmm. and have these different experiences. And actually, a couple of the students now live in California, which is interesting. How cool. Yeah, I stayed in touch with them. Mm -hmm. So
0: to wrap up our conversation, what are you working on this year? I know you have always so much going on, but what travel plans, business plans... Spare, no detail.
1: (laughs) Well, I think trying to focus on like Maharindi 2.0 and we have some exciting products um, that we're thinking of uh, launching and, you know, trying to do the raise. That's, um, you know, taking up quite a bit of time. But um, gosh, I do think that some travel plans are in the cards for sure. Not quite sure where. We're, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people do this in January and February, right? But kind of hitting the reset button and making sure, you know, we go into this year with, you know, good health and intention and uh, ready for an
0: adventure. So absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. (laughs) How can people connect with you? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So best way to kind of get to Maharindi is maha com, and on social happy to have uh, you guys reach out. And Shona at maharindi.com is my email. Or you can just get in touch with me on Instagram. Guppy
0: Show is my is my handle, Guppy Show. Ah. I love it. I mean, it's all about um, building meaningful connection. And I think now more than ever, people do want self-development and people do want to work on their future. So, so
1: you and I, because we have that canadian shared yes. um, story or i call myself a canadian right uh, i so know i love I that think it's really important to um to help each other for sure
0: absolutely thank you for joining me for this uplifting talk with shona gupta shop maharindi at maharindi.com and please join me next time for an interview with award-winning and published photojournalist and educator stella johnson If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please hit subscribe, share with your friends, and visit us at Millie.ca.